hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm? What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. There was a 2012 movie called Hope Springs, starring Meryl Streep, Tommy Lee Jones, and Steve Carell. The basic plot is that this couple who'd been married for 31 years for a variety of reasons hadn't had sex in decades. At the end of the movie, spoiler alert, they make mad passionate love for the first time in over 20 years. All I could think about as I sat in the theater was, really? Five years post-menopause and a sexual hiatus of decades, and she's able to have fantastic sex without so much as a bottle of lubricant in sight? I can pretty much guarantee that most of the women in the audience were thinking the same thing. It's pretty unlikely that in spite of this newfound passion for her husband, that her vagina and clitoris would cooperate. And it's a common scenario. Patient will come to me after years of no penetration other than from a gynecologist speculum. It may be a lack of partner, a lack of function in a partner, or maybe sex has just been on the back burner. And then something changes and suddenly a functional lubricated vagina that will accommodate a penis becomes not just a priority, but a medical emergency. And it's not unusual for a woman who's gone years without sexual activity to find that when an opportunity does arise, so to speak, there's no way that penis is going to get past the door formerly known as your vagina. And the question I always get is, is it too late? Is there any way to reverse the dryness, the shrinkage, the pain, even if it's been decades? Well, while there is research that indicates that the earlier after menopause you begin treatment for vaginal dryness, the more effective it will be, I've had patients who were well into their 80s when they started treatment, and they did just fine. So my answer is no, it is never too late. And a lot of women assume that the saying, use it or lose it, means that if they stopped using it, it's lost forever. And that isn't true. Pleasurable, pain-free sex is not only possible, but with the right treatment and a little patience, entirely probable. So let's assume you have access to an erect, good-to-go penis that you want inside you. There are two things that need to happen for pain-free penetration. One, the vulvar and vaginal tissue needs to be not only lubricated, but also stretchy. Two, in addition to vaginal lubrication and elasticity, the pelvic floor muscles that surround the vagina need to relax, which is the vagina's way of saying, I'm ready, come on in. So a successful recovery of an out-of-practice vagina requires both repair of vaginal tissues and, in many, but not all cases, muscle rehabilitation. But first, before we get to my program to turn back the clock on your vagina, it really helps to know where you're starting from. When a woman comes to me and says she's thinking of becoming sexually active after years of inactivity, I start with an evaluation that will let me know if she's good to go. And the first thing I do is evolve our exam so I can check out the tissue on the outside, including the opening of the vagina, the vestibule. I then take a peek 
inside with a small speculum. One of my patients asked me if I was checking for cobwebs. No, but when I look in the vagina, I get a pretty good idea if there's any lubrication and if there's normal elasticity. And a vaginal pH level tells me if the tissue is estrogen starved. I then do an internal check of pelvic floor muscles to see if there's any tight bands or tender spots. And then I do what's probably the most important test of all, a vaginal dilator assessment. A vaginal dilator assessment is really simple. Basically, I place progressive vaginal dilators, essentially silicone dildos, to see if there's any pain. I start really small and then keep going until there's any discomfort. If I can place a penis-sized dilator in your vagina and there's no pain, chances are things will be just fine with the real deal. One of my patients, Grace, had been widowed for 15 years. When she came for her annual exam, she mentioned she'd recently met a nice man at church and they'd been dating. She told me that they hadn't had sex yet, but were definitely headed in that direction. Since she hadn't had sex for 15 years, she was understandably nervous about how things would go. So I got out my set of dilators and asked her if the new man in her life was the size of the yellow, blue, or purple dilator because it always helps to know what we're aiming for. So she gives me this piercing look and says, dear, I just met him at church. I have no idea. So I said, okay, okay, you know, no problem. No real need to know right now. So she comes in for her follow-up appointment four weeks later. The first thing, and I mean the very first thing she says when I enter the room was, hi, Dr. Stryker, he's a purple. And then she blushed. Now, Obviously, most women are not going to see their gynecologist before they jump back in the game. And honestly, even if you did, they may not know how to evaluate if you're destined to have no problems or big problems. So can you figure it out on your own? Sure. If you're aware of lubrication when you're aroused, that's a really good sign. But the best way to check things out is to put a penis-sized object in your vagina to see if it's going to go in without pain. And this is where your rabbit vibrator comes in. And if you don't have one, it's time to buy one. If things don't go well with Mr. Rabbit, well, better to know in advance than be surprised in a moment of passion. If things do go well, meaning you have no problems with the fake penis, well, then go for the real thing. But be sure and use plenty of lube. So let's talk lube for a few minutes. I go through all the details of types of vaginal lubricants in episode four, is your lubricant helping or hurting your vagina? Suffice it to say right now that all lubricants are not created equal and the wrong lube not only won't help, but can do some real harm. But what I didn't cover in that episode, and I probably should have, is specifically how to use a vaginal lubricant. Because there's a good chance that if you haven't had sex for decades, you probably never needed to use a lubricant before. And it's not like the bottle comes with instructions. A few years ago, I taped a quickie tutorial for my YouTube channel on how to apply a vaginal lubricant. I almost didn't post it. I mean, it seemed kind of silly and obvious, and it wasn't a particularly well done video. But my video on how to use a vaginal lubricant is by far, by far the most frequently watched video on my YouTube channel. I have over 200 videos and most of the ones I think are pretty good just sit there. But my how to apply a lube has a ton of views. So now I get it. Most products come with excruciatingly detailed instructions, even when it's pretty obvious how they should be used. You really don't need to be told to rinse the shampoo out of your hair but the back of the shampoo bottle always tells you specifically to do so. Lubricant, on the other hand, comes instruction-free, despite the fact that a lot of women are not really sure when or how to use it. 
And did I mention that most of the views on my YouTube channel are not from women? Most of the views are from guys. So you may want to share this information if there's a guy in your life who probably would never admit to you that he's really not quite sure where to put the lube once he opens the bottle. So while this might seem kind of obvious, I'm going to give you some tips on how to use a lube. Step one. Step one is to remove the packaging and put the lube in a handy place in advance of when you expect to use it. You don't want to go on the hunt at the last second. Nothing kills the mood like leaping out of bed and rummaging through your cabinet trying to find the lube that you bought weeks in advance. Once you're in the moment, if there's any chance, any chance that you'll be dry and you think you're going to need some lubricant, don't try to have intercourse without applying it to see how it goes. I can guarantee you it's not going to go well. And once you experience sandpaper sex, it's pretty much game over. Your vagina is not stupid, which means that the muscles surrounding the vagina will go into protective mode to prevent another painful attempt. When pelvic muscles spasm and tighten, the vaginal opening will be constricted and the tissue will become even drier. Once that happens, you can pretty much forget it. A bathtub full of lube is not going to help. So slather the lubricant on you and your partner or toy before you start and before you attempt penetration. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is things will be too slippery. The easiest approach is to put a generous amount of lubricant on your fingers or his fingers and apply it to the opening of your vagina. Coat his penis in it as well. I guarantee you he will like this part. That way, his penis will be the delivery system to the inside of your vagina. Now, some women use a lube shooter. This is a small cylinder with a plunger that's inserted in the vagina in order to squirt the lube directly inside. And you can purchase a lube shooter for a few dollars on Amazon. This is also a strategy to use if for some reason you don't want him to know that your slippery moisture is not all you and you want to squirt it in your vagina before things get going. It's also nice to warm lubricant before you use it. It's less than pleasant to put cold stuff on your genitals. There are a number of commercial lubricant warmers. Some let you use the lube of your choice. Others require you to buy the lube that goes with the device. If you're a planner, you can go low tech and immerse your bottle of lubricant in a warm water bath in your bathroom sink before applying. Warming the temperature of your lube is not the same, though, as using a lubricant that chemically heats things up. But you already knew that from listening to my podcast on the different types of lubes out there and which ones are harmful to your vaginal tissues. And the lubricants that chemically warm things up are really harmful to your vaginal tissues. Definitely not vagina friendly. But even if you have a really good lube, and even if you use it exactly right, it's not always going to be enough. Lubricants don't change tissue. They just grease the skids. And after years, years of lack of estrogen, the vaginal walls are sometimes so thin and dry that the only way to reverse the changes is to get a prescription for a medication that's going to help restore vaginal elasticity and lubrication. And of course, at the top of the list of prescription products are the local vaginal hormones, usually estrogen, but sometimes also testosterone which are placed directly in the vagina and also on the vestibule, the opening of the vagina. When it comes to local vaginal estrogen products, and you have a lot of choices, the creams, the rings, the vaginal tablets, the inserts, I go through all of that. All the details are in episode five, vaginal estrogen rings, creams, and other things. But I need to emphasize that when we're talking about the repair of tissue that's been out of use for a long time, it needs to be done by the book. And the number one thing that women often skip is the daily two-week loading dose of estrogen before going to a twice-a-week maintenance 
maintenance protocol. Some women are hesitant to do the everyday thing for two weeks because they have this idea that less is better or safer and that it's just too much estrogen to use. Well, it's actually the opposite. The best way to have the smallest amount of estrogen absorption in the long term is to use more estrogen at the beginning because that thickens up the vaginal walls and prevents absorption. So those first two weeks are really important because the tissues have to be repaired before they can get into maintenance mode. And also, you know, there are people, of course, who prefer non-estrogen options, and there's a number of those out there as well. Espemaphine, which is the oral tablet that stimulates estrogen receptors in the vagina, vaginal DHEA, vaginal laser. You know, all of these hormonal and non-hormonal options are safe, all are effective. Yeah, all require a trip to the doctor. But this is what I want to emphasize. All of this, all of this can be started years years after the onset of menopause. And then there's the muscle part. If prior attempts at intercourse have resulted in pain, your vagina is going to go into keep out mode. And as a result, those pelvic floor muscles will involuntarily contract in an attempt to keep the penis out, even if the vagina is well lubricated. And that's why you should never force yourself to have intercourse if it's painful. And it happens all the time. Women are ashamed that things aren't working. They don't want to admit that things are painful. They feel sorry for the guy. I mean, the list is long why women put up with painful intercourse. And I promise it will only get worse because not only will your muscles go into even tighter keep on mode, but the tissues will dry up even more in an attempt to prevent penetration. And as I've discussed before, a pelvic floor physical therapist who's done specialized training is the only person who can erase the muscle memory, eliminate the pelvic floor muscle tension, strengthen those atrophied muscles, and restore normal, healthy functioning. And I cover all that in episode 27, um, using vaginal estrogen, but sex still hurts like hell. And also episode 39, my conversation with a pelvic floor physical therapist that tells you exactly what they do and what to expect. In episode 27, the vaginal estrogen, but sex still hurts like hell episode, I talk specifically about how to use vaginal dilators, but I just want to reinforce and mention a few things now. And I mentioned that I use those progressive vaginal dilators in the office to evaluate how things are, but you can also use them at home as a key part of getting your vagina back in shape program. And the link to purchase the silicone color dilators I use in the office are in the program notes. Now, vaginal dilator therapy, as a reminder, has three purposes. One, dilators get the vagina used to having something inside of it and eliminate tense muscle memory. Two, graduated dilators gradually and gently stretch tissues that are tight and have lost their elasticity. And three, by using a dilator, you're going to know when you're ready for intercourse. That way, when you have sex with an actual penis, your pelvis won't panic. So it's well worth investing in a vaginal dilator set that starts small and then gradually progresses to whatever penis size is in your life. So to review all of this, the basic repair program is to get a good lube, make sure your vaginal tissues are healthy, and make sure your muscles are not tight. And then it's time for maintenance. And for a lot of women, that's where they fall short. So let me tell you about my patient, Joyce, because her experience is pretty typical. A few months ago, Joyce comes to see me, um, 69 years old. She hadn't had sex in 27 years. And then she met Tom, good guy, and things moved along quickly. And it would be an understatement to say that things did not go well. It was 
horrible. She came in and said it was really one of the most painful experiences of her life. And after examining her, it was pretty obvious that she had classic genitourinary syndrome of menopause from her estrogen-starved tissues and years, years of not having sex, and that we really needed to get going with the program. After discussing all of her options, she decided that she wanted to use estrogen vaginal inserts. And as she's walking out the door, she mentions, oh, by the way, Tom and I rented a house in Michigan for the weekend since he knew I had this appointment and I promised him things would be fine since I was seeing you. Now, this was on a Tuesday. I reminded her that I was a gynecologist, not a magician, and that her vagina was not going to be even close to being ready for intercourse in three days. And that despite the fact that they had the house, the hot tub, and plenty of candles, she should not even try until she'd given the medication time to do its job. So I said, have a lot of sex, but intercourse is temporarily off the menu. So her obvious response was, okay, so how long is all this going to take? Well, the answer is that depends. Within two to eight weeks of starting a local hormone or non-hormonal therapy, normal lubrication is usually restored and some people are good to go. It's the muscle work if needed that may take longer, anywhere from two to six months. And her muscles were really tight. So she started using her estrogen inserts. She got going with her pelvic floor PT and her dilator work. She was really motivated, stuck with the program. And after about 10 weeks, she was able to comfortably place a penis size dilator in her vagina. And the following weekend, you know, he had pain-free pleasure intercourse. Yay, all good. Everything was fine. Fast forward. Six months later, I get a call from her that she'd broken up with Tom and that now there was a new guy in the picture and intercourse was really uncomfortable with lots of burning. So I had her come in, took a look, and things were definitely on the dry side. And she admitted that after she broke up with Tom, she stopped using her prescription, not only to save money, but because she didn't see the need. Enter James, the new boyfriend. Once again, she started experiencing sandpaper sex, despite the fact that she restarted her vaginal estrogen and was using it faithfully twice weekly. And here's the thing. There's repair, and then there's maintenance. She initially did the repair work, but she didn't keep up with the maintenance. And that's not going to work. You got to then go back to repair. You need to keep using whatever product is keeping your tissues healthy. It's not going to work if you stop using your estrogen for months and then decide to use it on date night. There's no downside to continue using the medication other than costs and inconvenience. The advantage, of course, is you're not going to need to start over again with the repair phase when you get started again. Not to mention, you get all the non-sexual benefits of vaginal estrogen, including controlling bladder symptoms and recurrent urinary tract infections. Now, having said that, Everyone's different. And there are some women who are able to back off on their product and do just fine, which is where the concept of use it or lose it comes in. Women who have intercourse on a regular basis, once vaginal elasticity and pain-free intercourse is restored, will have a better chance of maintaining healthy tissue. Use it or lose it is one of those phrases that actually has some truth to it because regular stimulation of vaginal tissue helps maintain blood flow, which in turn increases lubrication elasticity. The woman who has intercourse on a regular basis is much more likely to have healthy tissue than the woman who's only having sex every few months. But to be clear, if you are having pain, use it or lose it does not apply. It will just make the pain worse. It's once your painful vagina is fixed is when use it or lose it 
comes into play and becomes important. So what's a woman supposed to do if she's between partners or has a partner who's out of business to keep her tissues from drying up, from losing what she's already gained? Regularly inserting a dildo or a vibrator or vaginal dilators will help maintain vaginal lubrication and elasticity. You know, many women self-pleasure with vibrators that just provide clitoral stimulation, which works great to have an orgasm, but a rabbit-style vibrator will accomplish both goals. So for the woman who wants to get things going after a long break, motivation and consistency is critical to success. But when I wrote Slip Sliding Away, Turning Back the Clock on Your Vagina, the title was meant to emphasize that virtually any vagina can be restored to premenopause glory, even if it's been out of business for decades. And as a footnote, new boyfriend James not only gave Joyce the gift of great sex, but also the gift of herpes. I'm not making this up. Three weeks after they started having sex, she shows up with a cluster of painful blisters on her vulva and the inability to urinate. Evidently, Joyce had not listened to my podcast on having a positive sexual experience without testing positive. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. Just hashtag 